Howdy friends, I am Link and I am obsessed with all things fitness, nutrition, and helping people become the most badass versions of themselves. I'm a former Division II athlete with a passion for making sure your fitness journey isn't a chore, but instead one of the best parts of your day. This podcast will be full of education and motivation so you can kick ass in the gym, kitchen, and your life. Today, I am chatting with Sierra, a holistic healer. She is a functional medicine doctor who specializes in hormone imbalances, gut health, and chronic fatigue. She also holds a doctorate in physical therapy. She is a certified strength and conditioning specialist, certified personal trainer, and group fitness instructor. So it's safe to say she's a very knowledgeable gal. Uh, Sierra, please take a second to introduce yourself. Tell us more about you, your background, and really what got you started in functional medicine. Yes. Thank you for that. I'm happy to be here. Um, I do have all those credentials, but my main focus right now is functional medicine and serving my clients in that sense. And um, my story getting into functional med, usually anyone in this space has a story, whether it's themselves or a loved one. Um, And for me, it was myself. So I was in um, medical school for PT. um, And I did end up going through and finishing up with my doctorate. But in February of 2021, I was in PT school working at a hospital. This was like prime pandemic. Um, I was, you know, in a reverse diet. Um, I compete as a bodybuilder. It's a hobby of mine. And so I was ready to get ready for my first show, super healthy, all the things. And um, I ended up having a reaction to a medication um, that I had to take for my schooling. And um, I started to develop like neurological symptoms. So I had like nerve pain and migraines and numbness, tingling, like random bleeding like it was crazy I'd get confused and it all happened out of nowhere like super healthy you know and it just oh my god <laughs> that's like, terrifying I, yeah I remember studying for um a big test and I like got lost in a library I'd spent years in you know um so you know on and off throughout those few months um I was trying to find out answers like what's going on and at the end of that month February um I was diagnosed with multiple multiple sclerosis uh MS and um, in my heart, you know, based on my experience and and uh, like this, you know, my symptoms and like the education I had, I was like, I don't have MS. There's no way. Like, I don't have a progressive yeah. brain disease. Like, this is not for me. Like, you know, bless everybody that lives through that. But uh, this isn't for me. Like, I this is not what I have. And so, um, during that time, I sought out different neurologists across the country. Um, I ended up being diagnosed with uh, hypothyroidism, another like autoimmune disease. And everything was just a struggle. Like I couldn't get through school. I couldn't get through my workouts. Um, and I, you know, eventually was able to get to the conclusion that I did not have MS. I had to like beg for tests and, and stuff. I didn't have MS, but then I, they were like, well, we're just going to put you on medication for the rest of your life. And it was like, a, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar, like a black box medication. So there are ones that like give you, um, potential like depressive and suicidal thoughts. I was like, I don't want to oh take my that. God. You know? Yeah, no. So at this point I'm like, okay, there's got to be another way, right? There's got to be an alternative to this. And I believe, you know, based on my Western training medication has a time and place, but, for me, like I wasn't going to take that and I needed something different. So I sought out, um, alternative medicine through functional providers 
And that's where I started to, you know, I had, I saw two, um, you have good eggs and bad eggs in every industry. And I was able to learn from them, but also start to educate myself. And I became super passionate about the field, ended up um, finishing my physical therapy degree, but also took, um, courses and receive my certification in functional medicine to be able to run those labs, order those labs and interpret them. And I was able to heal myself of all of my neurological symptoms and my hypothyroidism. I no longer test positive for any sort of autoimmune markers. So I was like, this is my calling. Like I love this. I love to educate people on it. And I mostly work with clients that come to me and they're like, listen, I've done everything. I've seen all the doctors tried to not take all the medications and I, they're telling me I'm normal, but I'm not. What can you do? Oh my God. That's crazy. Like just to be able to one, have the strength to say like, you know, this, I'm not, no, we're not going to do this. I'm not going to stay medicated for my entire life, especially with the side effects being so severe. That's absolutely wild. And I know for me personally, like, I know not everybody may agree, but I don't really care for taking medication if I don't have to. Like, yes, like you said, there's a time and a place for it. Absolutely. Like I have family members who need it, like desperately need it. But me personally, like even after my surgeries, like the idea of being on medication after my delivery, like when I just had my son in November, after being put on medication, I was like, no, they put me on Percocets after having my son. And I was like, this is, this is too much. And it was to the point where I'm like, how am I going to care for a newborn when I'm drugged up on Percocets? And granted it was because my delivery was very challenging and I did have some healing to do. Um, but the, the Percocet, I was like a few days. I was like, I told my husband, I was like, I'll fight through the pain. Like I have to come off of this. I can't. And there were nights where I laid in bed crying because I was in so much pain, but I was like, I can't, I can't do this. So to know that like, there are other options is always like a beautiful thing. And I, I think that having someone like you is, is a great opportunity for people to really recognize of like, there are other resources that I can kind of tap into if I'm not comfortable taking this medication or if I don't necessarily agree with my diagnosis. I know some people too, have you come across this where their, their labs will come back, you know, completely normal. And the doctors are just like, you're great. Everything's wonderful. Your labs look perfect. And it's like, okay, well then why do I feel this way? Like, why am I still struggling? Have you come across that? That is the majority of what I come across actually. Yeah. <laughs> and so the way I like to explain it is, um, the, at least with United States medicine, the lab work that we are used to is typically in the form of blood work. And most mm-hmm. of the labs that are run are ran on people, um, compared to the average American. Now people in our space understand this, that the yeah. average American is not necessarily the health we want to hold, right? They take the data from athletes to really, really sick people. And the average person is typically not where we're going to want to be in normal. Uh, most of us need to be in more of an optimal range. So when I run lab tests, one, I typically don't always do blood work. Um, blood work is great and has a time and place and it's good data. However, it's usually just, it's like a snapshot of time and it doesn't give me of a picture of what's going on chronically. Um, but second of all, the ranges in blood work, again, we just, there aren't a lot of standards that are appropriate for like, listen, I want to feel a whole lot better than I do. Um, yeah. not just get by, you know? Yeah. Super interesting. So mm-hmm. let's dive into the chronic fatigue side of things because 
we and me and you have chatted before. We know plenty of people who are dealing with the high levels of fatigue all of the yes. time. Um, so we know the importance of rest. And I think that's pretty easy to assume that most people know how important it is, but we struggle to find that time to actually take that rest, right? Especially when we're feeling stressed. It's so easy when we are stressed to be like, oh, I, I just don't have time to rest because I have to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm big on like, schedule that shit in, like schedule it in. So let's dive a little bit more into stress and like how it's affecting our body. And then even if you want, you can tie that into like the chronic fatigue as well, but it's pretty safe to assume that they go hand in hand. Absolutely. Yes. So when we think of stress, we typically think of the hormone cortisol, right? Everybody's Mm -hmm. familiar with what cortisol is. Now, cortisol is our main stress hormone, and that's okay, right? We are supposed to have cortisol to interact with our external environment. It's a little bit catabolic, so that means it breaks the body down for energy, and that's going to bring up your blood sugar. So if you hear about people having maybe blood sugar imbalances, um, that can come from being in a stressed out state. Um, So when we think of what's a healthy pattern of what our cortisol should look like, um, I know your listeners can't see my hands. I'm, I'm very <laughs> with my hands, but when we wake up in the mornings, our cortisol should be at the highest levels that it's mm-hmm. going to be for the day because it's been replenished during our sleep. We'll have the biggest drop from morning until noon. And then from there, it will gradually step down throughout the day. So the lowest levels being like right before we go to bed. But when people are in this state of chronic stress, we tend to deviate away from this pattern. So it can be to a mild degree or really significant degree. Um, So if you were to think of like an acute stress, like tiger is in the room, what do we do? We're going to see that our cortisol production is gonna increase. We'll see a little bump in that pattern. Well, the life that we lead now, a lot of the time we have the anticipation that there's always a tiger around, whether it's, you know, work stress, our boss is being mean to us, fighting with our partner. Somebody was rude on Instagram, like constantly feeling like we have something to do. And so these like rhythms become out of whack and you and I, our job is to educate our clients as to how to mitigate that and get us back into a healthy pattern of cortisol rhythm. And it's crazy too, because when you tie in, you'll have stress, but then you also have caffeine intake. And I know we, me and you can rant forever on this, but um, if you haven't, go go watch our live video that we have on our pages because we yes. talked about that there too. But so many things tie in. And then when you mix in the other different hormones as well. And I think when people think stress, they don't realize that it's more than just the exterior. Like there's internal stress, there's physical stress. Like you have circadian stress. So like if someone who works, you know, night shift and then they switch back and forth between night shift and day shift, your your circadian rhythm is like, okay, what is happening? Like, what are we doing here? And that's adding stress to the body. You may not physically feel that stress or like mentally feel that stress, I mean, but physically your body is feeling that stress. And I think if we can start to become more aware of like what that, like centered, grounded homeostasis feeling actually is, we'll be able to be more aware of like, okay, something's off. How can I redirect? And I know me and you are both very big on like listening to your body, being aware of what your body's telling you and that biofeedback coming in as well. And once you know your homeostasis, then you're like, ah, okay, something's off. Let's make a change and fix it. Yes. I love that you brought up awareness um, because you also stated that some people will tell you, oh, I just don't feel it. 
sweetheart, if you were to actually sit there for a second and stop distracting yourself with your work or in your phone or your caffeine intake. And again, all these things are part of our world and we just have to learn to live with them. Um, But really feeling into your body, because like you said, we have physical stressors, whether that's in the form of over-exercise or things in our environment, um, the emotional stressors, and there's all sorts of chemicals out there, right? We could get into all sorts of deep dives. Um, and so the idea is that how can, what can we control to help bring those cortisol levels down? Because when it comes to chronic fatigue, these cortisol levels, they first become elevated. It's like a roller coaster. You start going up, 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 you're overproducing. And then your body can only produce so much at a hundred percent. It starts to, it starts to, you know, run a race. It's like, Oh, we're just going to run a sprint. That's how cortisol is. We're going to run a quick lap around the track. Well, you keep asking it to run laps. It's going to slow down and it's not going to be able to produce as much. And so that's what happens when we wake up in the mornings and we're not able to have, you know, any sort of productivity without the caffeine. It's yeah. because your cortisol cannot be produced. It's, it, it's running the marathon around the track, right? That's where we quote unquote need the caffeine. And that's where you and I have work as coaches to do, to undo that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's kind of jump in another direction here. You specialize in hormone imbalances too. Okay. So there are obviously numerous different hormones out there and there are normal numerous different hormonal imbalances. That's a mouthful. Um, are there any common imbalances that you find and what are some steps that someone should take to overcome that if they find themselves in that situation? That is a great question. Um, I think we talked about one of the main imbalances that I see all the time is a cortisol dominance. So cortisol's um, kind of best friend buddy is going to be a, a hormone called DHEA. Um, and I won't go into super scientific detail about it, but what happens is when cortisol takes over, DHEA cannot do its job as well. And the reason DHEA is so important is it is the parent hormone. So it makes all the baby hormones of mm. your sex hormones. So testosterone, estrogen, um, and other ones as well, but testosterone, estrogen are the main ones we think of. So when people may have a testosterone or estrogen imbalance, we kind of have to look up the chain and I I usually, I look at all of it, but cortisol is going to be my main driver of what's going on. Yeah. Second to that then is oftentimes we'll see an estrogen dominance, um, compared to progesterone. And so women especially may have an estrogen dominance. There's many factors for that. Um, if they are around a, a lot of toxins, um, if perhaps they've been on some sort of hormonal medication, um, there's a lot of things that can, you know, create this imbalance that turns out to be symptoms that we see all the time, people complaining of weight gain, and they have a hard time getting the weight off, even though they feel like they're doing the right things. They have mood swings for no reason. And it's a lot of things we've normalized as a culture, like, oh, it's just, that's how it is as a woman. It's like, no, your hair shouldn't be falling out. Like you should have a regular period. Like you should be able to like hold a conversation without getting upset. Right. These things aren't just like, oh, she's just being a girl. Right. Like there's an imbalance there's always a why. And I love digging into that. And then um, finally, the other biggest hormone that I see, um, maybe not imbalanced, but I definitely out of whack is thyroid hormone. Um, So because my story comes from hypothyroidism, I serve a lot of clients with similar stories and you'll often see more hypo than hyper. Interesting. 
to address the what do we do about it? That is a huge, huge question, right? Uh, there's a lot of things we can do. Um, you know, we need to start evaluating. Is there anything in the diet that is upsetting the hormone imbalance? Obviously, I run a lab test. So I look at and see, it, are the hormones imbalanced? And if so, can I find maybe some sort of root causal factor? Um, is that something like cortisol? Is there something in the gut that's stealing energy from your other systems um, because it has to fight? Is your immune system off, right? All these things tell us this story. Um, and then we look at rest. Rest is huge. If we're mm -hmm. unable to rest, I talked about cortisol and DHEA. If cortisol is kind of the main problem in a lot of these, DHEA is only able to do its job when we're in a restful state. A lot of people don't know that we are only able to be in that parasympathetic state and have DHEA work. So if we're never resting. We are never giving our body a chance mm -mm. to recover and restore itself because we're constantly in this fight or flight mode. Yeah. And it's great. And I love that you started with diet. That was like the first thing that you said was, okay, well, let's look at your intake because that's another thing too. I feel like is really overlooked by everybody, by the person who's going through it, sometimes by doctors, sometimes by, you know, just like if you're venting to a family member about it and they're like, it's never, okay, well, let's take a look at what your food intake look, looks like. Like, how are you feeling your body? Are you taking plenty of time to rest or are you having that 4 p.m. cup of coffee to get you through the rest of your day? Like what? what is your, like, what do your habits look like? Whether that's your eating habits or your just day-to-day -day lifestyle habits, what do they look like? Because that's going to play a big role in how your body is responding in the world. And I know for me personally, like I went from being a, a student athlete at the collegiate level where we were training five to six days a week and we had our one off day and our off day was spent either recovering from a hangover and or doing work. Like that, that was that, like we we practiced, we lifted all week long. We had study halls. Like we were going from the time we woke up to the time we fell asleep with minor breaks in between. Then we'd get to our weekend. We would have practice on Saturday. We'd go out Saturday night. You wake up feeling like shit the next day. You got to do any like prep for the week and then go from there. And once I graduated, it was like that. How did I do this for four years? Like how did my body even function? And I don't think we realize it until we're out of the game or we're like cutting things back that we're like, oh, okay, that's different. Even if you look at someone who maybe you haven't been consistently working out, but you've, you carry a heavy workload in your career and you come home and, you know, you're arguing with your significant other or your house is a mess and you feel like that's like a clutter in your brain and all these different things that's interfering with your ability to rest and your mind's racing instead of going to what medication can I take to help me it's let's look at our lifestyle habits first and then try and make some adjustments from there absolutely i want to address the the um it's called the rhetorical question that you asked yourself is it what how was i able to do that for so long mm -hmm. most collegiate athletes are young right they're 18 yep. 22 and um the term that i call this is called your vital reserve so you know, we're born pretty perfect and uh, it's what we rack up in our lifetime. Um, this is some language that I'm trying to change with just people I interact with or clients is that, oh, I hit 30 and everything falls apart. Or I hit 40, mm. wait till you hit 50. And what's happening there is we're given a certain, if you think of your body as a bank account, we're given a certain amount of dollars, 
in our bank account when we start. And everything, every choice we make is either putting money into our bank account or spending it. Um, now, when you have a bank account, you have a checking account, right? Stuff that's coming in and out constantly. And you have a savings account for when there's an emergency. Well, when we get into those states, especially collegiate athletes, bodybuilders, anyone kind of in that chronic stress mode, even if it's not physical, maybe it's emotional, we start to spend our money a lot and you're spending lots okay. and lots of money kind of reckless and we're never taking that rest to deposit money back in. What happens when you run out of your checking account? We're down to our savings yeah. and your savings account is what I call that vital reserve. And that is why you were able to run for four years in your sport on adrenaline, going from practice to schoolwork, to partying with your friends, to two hours of sleep and repeating the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's how it's because you had a savings account. You come out of that, you spend a couple of years in the real world and you're like, oh my goodness, I can't lose weight. My hair is falling out. My hormones are out of whack. Yeah. I like can't get along with my husband. I don't know what's going on. I just hit 30 and my life fell apart. No, you ran out of your savings. Yeah. My job is to help us build back up that savings account. (laughs) Make sure we both educate on, I know you're big on this, um, on how we can put more money back into that bank account. Yeah. Yeah. And then too, it's, it's just like small things can go a really long way. So it's actually perfect example, perfect timing, but I've been battling a cold for the past like three days, sore throat, congestion, headache. You can probably hear it in my voice at this point. But the other day I was talking with my coach yesterday, I was talking with my coach and I was like, I, you know, I had like 49 grams left of carbs and like 12 grams of protein. And I was under, or I was right where I needed to be with fat intake. And I was like, all right, how am I going to approach this? You know, what do I want to do here? And I was talking to them about, and they were giving a couple tips of like, Hey, try this, try that. Because my throat hurts so bad that eating anything slightly hard was going to hurt my throat. So I was like, all right, you know what? And I told them, I said, I did, I made these adjustments X, Y, and Z, and it got me to where I want to go. But that's not the point. The point is, is I, I actually did that. And I followed through with it because I had this mindset previously of, well, I'm sick. I need to just say, fuck it and just go with it. And, you know, if I don't feel that hungry, I'm not going to eat. If I feel super hungry, I'm just going to eat what I want. And instead of allowing myself to take on that fuck it mentality and then put my body under more stress because I'm not putting nutrients in it and then wake up today and then be like, why did I do that? Like now I feel even worse. I didn't take care of myself. So instead of making that quick shift of just, you know, instead of continuing to pull from that reserve, that savings account, let me try and deposit even just $1 into the account. And that $1 is going to take me really freaking far because that $1 is just a reminder that, Hey, I need to be depositing more and more and more. So I know today, like I'm taking some, like I had a slower morning this morning, instead of getting up and working out, I was like, okay, give me some time. Let me put some more food in my belly, make sure I feel really good, feel really hydrated. And then I'm going to do my workout after, after this actually. Um, but making sure that we're depositing as much as we possibly can. And it's simple things go a really long way. I always say like, think about where you can elevate things that you do on a daily basis. So instead of just having oatmeal for breakfast, oatmeal is great. Love that. But let's add something to it. Like let's add some more color to it. Put some peanut butter and banana in there, put some strawberries or blueberries in there, like add to your life, add to your savings account, add to your checking account. And it's going to make your life a hell of a lot easier and you'll feel so much better. Yeah, I'm smiling because I love that, um, (laughs) right? It's like, we're not here as coaches to take things away from you and make your life harder. We're here to enhance your life. And so where are those practices within our nutrition that you've already mentioned to like 
add complex, you know, carbs or nutrients to your meal, right. Or add more, you know, make sure it's a variety of macronutrients. Where can we add a rest habit, right? Like where can we, it's not about having to take away all these things. You can still do all your things, but what are simple tasks that you can add that are going to deposit money into the bank account as we have, you know, thoroughly used this analogy. (laughs) (laughs) And I know you're big on like sunshine too. So You'll appreciate this one. But my goal for the past like two, three weeks was to just get outside. Like the first week, it was just like 10 minutes of fresh air. Um, And then last week, it was get outside for, you know, 10 minutes and walk around a little bit. This week, it's three to four walks outside um, just to get out. And it's, I don't like the cold. So when it's a little chilly, it's really discouraging to get out and walk around. But I know I needed it. And I was like, I need that sunshine. I took my son for a walk, strapped him up in his little carrier. We walked around for like 30 minutes the other day. And I came back and I was like, oh. I just, I feel so good now, you know, and that's that, that little charge. It goes a long way. Yeah. Sunshine is huge. As you know, I'm a huge, huge fan of it. I even branded my entire company around the sunshine. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm a big, big fan of it. Um, uh, There's a lot of things that I think getting outside helps us do as far from a recharge perspective. Um, Most of us, if we are working, we're usually indoors most of the day. Um, so it allows us to not only like get the circadian rhythm benefits of sunlight, there's hormone production that happens. Um, our rest is going to be better in the evening time, but also you get a mindset perspective, like shift. Yes. If you're not distracted, some people like to listen to podcasts. I prefer to take mindful walks if I'm able to, or call a family member, a friend, um, and just get a mindset perspective. I took a walk, um, this morning too, before we chatted. And I really felt zoomed out. Like I was like, wow, those buildings look really small. Or those trees look really small. And you start to realize just what a small portion of our life is like this room and this world. Mm-hmm. And that alone, that shift can get somebody out of maybe a sicker mentality of like, yeah. all these things are happening to me and all these symptoms are happening to me. And if we just take a moment and pause and be like, okay, well, let's, let's gain some perspective. And oftentimes people need a coach to do that, to gain a little yeah. bit perspective. That's our job is to be like, listen, like we can offer you solutions, but also it's really not that serious. Um, that's something that I'm fairly passionate about in my field is that you'll see extremes on either side. I come from both the traditional Western medical background, but also I'm in the holistic space and there's extremes on both sides. And I really try to find that middle ground of meeting somebody where they're at in their lifestyle and saying, listen, you don't have to go, you know, run away to the forest and live there. (laughs) You'd be surprised people. I have friends and family members that get nervous around me and they're like, can you eat that? Or like, can you, can we do this? And of course I was a girl a few years ago, I was parting my ass off in my sorority house right? Like, <laughs> I am no princess, but we get to evolve and learn as we mm-hmm. grow. And that's the coolest thing. And it's building these habits over time. Like you got yeah. to the place you're at by building habits over time. I've also stacked habits over time that have gotten me into an ideal place for my health. And that's what we're here to do is help people learn to stack those habits. It's yeah. adding to your life, your bank account. It just, it's so much more fun that way. So much it more is. fun. Um, but let's chat a little bit more about like the, the diet side of things. So I know I've worked with them. I've know women personally who are under eating. I know you have dealt with this too, with people in your life, not taking the rest, like we said earlier. And it's, it's very easy when we're not feeling ourselves properly and we're not taking that rest to get 
very, very frustrated. And like I've shared, like I've had my struggles of, you know, incorporating that rest because I felt like my rest had to look a certain way. It took me a really long time to kind of shift my mindset out of rest. Doesn't just have to be, you know, couch potato mode. Like there are other ways to rest. Like me going for a walk yesterday, everybody, you you think, oh, walk, she's exercising. Yeah. Because I had, you know, a 15 pound baby strapped to my chest, but that was rest for me. That was a mental break for me. And that's the thing is like, rest doesn't have to be, you know, you're just chilling on your couch, like elevate your life, do the little things that go a really long way, but finding small things daily. So what are some other ways that you encourage people to incorporate that rest? And especially if it feels really realistic for them. Is this in regards to the diet piece or ways? Diet and rest. Okay. So I would say to kind of combine the two diet is a whole, we could do a whole nother podcast on diet. Um, there's a lot of aspects there, but one thing that relates to rest that is really helpful when it comes to being able to digest your food and being able to actually absorb the nutrients is not eating distracted. I'm guilty Mm -hmm. of this. I used to be a lot worse, but you know, eating without your phone, sitting down, if you're able to prepare your meal, even just like put it in a bowl or something like if you're able to cue your brain that I'm going to eat instead of, you know, oftentimes we're on the go and sometimes you just got to microwave something totally understand. Again, this is me meeting you where you're at, wherever you got to be, that's fine. But if you can sit there for a moment and say, okay, I'm going to eat this, look at it for a minute. And then go ahead and eat your food and be mindful about it. All of a sudden, that's a much more parasympathetic, calm process where you're able to actually rest and digest. We've heard that phraseology before and your body can intake those nutrients. Whereas if we're like, oh my gosh, I have 10 minutes to eat. I'm in between clients. I, or I got to do it in the bathroom, you know, and I just like those 10 minutes are so much better spent being mindful, eating that instead of being like, okay, I got to respond to this person on my phone and it's sweetheart. You got time to respond to somebody on your phone later. Yeah. Take the time to eat mindfully. You only have 10 minutes. That's plenty of time to get a meal in, mm-hmm. but be there for your meal. Yeah. Cause I know a lot, I see it with people where, you know, they're so overworked and they're so overstressed that they feel like they don't, if they have to choose between rest and diet, like they have to choose between rest and eating their lunch or eating their dinner, eating their breakfast, whatever it is. So finding that, like, I always try to combine the two of like sitting down with your meal, like you said, sitting down and just eating your meal and only worrying about eating your food, being there, having your meal and enjoying it. That's resting to me because it's like, I'm, I'm in the moment, you know what I mean? And I feel like if, if you can bring yourself to be in the moment at any time, you're naturally going to feel a little bit better because you're giving yourself that slowdown, right? And that's, I know a lot of athletes struggle with this. I'm sure bodybuilders, especially like in your world, it's just constant, you know, what else do I have to be doing to get to that goal? So it's like having that slowdown period is a form of rest. And that's what I try to tell, like, you know, you deserve your lunch. And my my teacher girls, they struggle with this. I have some coaches who struggle with this. They feel like I don't have time or I need to sacrifice X, Y, and Z because they need me or I need to do this. And my sacrifice is my meal. I'm like, you always have time to eat because you can't live without food. You need to eat to survive. Your brain needs food. So let's make sure you're getting that in. And that's like a big thing that I see with like diet and rest kind of coming together is that, you know, overworked, overstressed possibly suppressing that hunger hormone 
And now we're skipping it because we're so stressed. You know what I mean? Right. And then once we have that opportunity, this is a common pattern um, with, I'm sure both of our client rosters is when we are done, you know, for the day, then we go home and we have a huge meal because our body's quite literally starving and asking for something. And then, you know, maybe we binge or maybe we overdo it and then we become, we feel guilty and we become stuck in this cycle of shame and guilt. And it's like, if we could have just taken those 10 minutes way, you know, earlier in the day, then maybe the 30 minutes plus the 30 minutes after of guilt and shame, let alone days after that's expending a lot more energy than whatever was more important in those 10 minutes. So I love that you tell your clients that they deserve that meal because if the, the reasoning for skipping a meal is because they have to serve others that doesn't make any sense because they're not going to be able to serve others at their highest capacity without taking care of themselves first. Yes. I'm going to like, like cut that clip right there and just put it on a loop just so everybody can hear it over and over again. Please. I love that. <laughs> it's, it is tough. And it's, it, you want to be like, you know, Hey, I get that. I understand, but nothing is more important. And I had to give, I'm not perfect either. I had to give myself this harsh reality Um, when my son was first born, I was severely under eating. And then you're putting on top of that, the lack of sleep, the high stress levels of trying to adjust to, you know, he's my firstborn. Like, I don't, I didn't know what I was doing. I was thrown into the fire of motherhood of like, figure this shit out. Let's go. So you have no sleep. You're you're stressed. You're trying to figure out why your kid's crying. He can't communicate to you why he's crying. You're trying to do all of the things to fix it. And then on top of that, I wasn't eating enough. So when I started with my coach in January, I had to, you know, track my food, see what my food intake was like. And as I was filling out this log, I was like, oh my God, girl, what are you doing? Like severely under eating. I think I was maybe eating like 11, 1200 calories on average. Like, and it was just because I was so focused on doing everything for him. The minute I started eating more, my coach was like, all right, we're starting you at 18. Like you're, you need to eat more and you need to eat more now. Um, Started eating more, started drinking more water. And suddenly I had all this energy to care for my kid. It was crazy, right? But when we're aware of the foods that we're putting in our body, one, and how much we're fueling ourselves is a huge, huge thing. And I know that's something that's been big for me postpartum postpartum has been making sure that I'm putting in the best that I possibly can as often as I possibly can. One for healing, of course, but two, so I can show up with high energy if I am getting a little bit less, luckily, like last night, that boy slept through the night. So we are feeling good today. <laughs> First <laughs> All time. The <laughs> All the energy. Congrats. It's a big milestone. Yeah. But- All I was going to add to that was, you know, your perspective of you probably took the best care of yourself while you were pregnant. Yeah. And the minute he comes out, you know, you're like, I need to do everything for him. And you put yourself to the wayside. Yep. And you thankfully noticed very early on that that's not serving him best. Mm-hmm. And every, you know, we, we just touched on this, everybody's, if people, you know, we are meant, I firmly believe we are meant to be creatures of service and whatever that is for you. Um, you have to be able to serve at your highest capacity. And that requires you to, you owe it to yourself to take care of yourself. Even if you don't do it for yourself, you do it for other people. We are literally ending it right there because I have nothing else to add. That was perfect. <laughs> Shutting it down. Mic drop. We're good. Amen. Um, <laughs> That's it. So tell us a little bit quickly to wrap it up. 
uh, what is going on in your world, drop your socials, all that kind of stuff. I'll list it all down below in the show notes so it's easily accessible, but let us know what's going on in your world. Yes. The easiest way to get a hold of me, it's going to be Instagram. That's how you and I connected. Um, Sierra trains. Uh, it's a play on my bodybuilding, but you know, I love it. <laughs> um, and if, if, you know, I drop a lot of um, just helpful tips. I try to do it daily Monday through Friday of like things we can do for anyone who maybe think they have like a hormone imbalance or a gut health issue or chronic fatigue um, for people that want one-on-one support. I have, um, you know, links in, in my Instagram. Um, other than that, uh, I have a website attached as well. Um, I'm, you know, send me a DM. I will always respond. I am actively taking clients. Um, probably by the time this drops, there will be just, just a few spots that I'm willing to take. So um, if anybody wants to reach out, please pick my brain, but I'm always happy to serve and help in any way that I can. Um, other than that, I, uh, personal life, I am on the East coast. I just moved and I love Ooh. it. Love it. So where are you at? Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, very, very lively city. I love it. That's awesome. That is awesome. I'm in Delaware and there's nothing but farms near me. So that's all right. That's, that's my end goal. <laughs> Far really? Like- <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you again for joining me today. This episode has so many freaking golden nuggets. I am so excited to share it. Um, and like I said, I will have all of your information down below in the show notes. So if you're listening, be sure to go check her out. I'll catch you guys in the next episode.